let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. If ever there was a man who had everything the world says you need to be blessed, it was Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry was a talented professional athlete who had a gift for playing the American sport of baseball. He was tall, strong, and talented, and his successful career rewarded him with everything he thought would make him blessed. In fact, Daryl Strawberry seemed to have it all. Money, he earned $30 million during his career. Fame, he was one of the most famous athletes in America in the 1980s and 1990s. And there's no doubt he was successful. Eight years in a row, he was named to the American All-Star team and he won four national championships. Success, money, awards, applause, pleasure. Daryl Strawberry had it all. But surprisingly... In the game of life, Daryl Strawberry was a loser. In spite of all his accomplishments, he was empty inside. Listen to his own words. When I was playing in my career, I wondered why I was always so lonely, he says. I had everything from a worldly standpoint that you're supposed to be happy with, but it never fulfilled me on the inside. So Daryl Strawberry started searching for happiness in other places. He tried cocaine and drinking, and he became a drug addict and an alcoholic. He lived an immoral lifestyle, and he ended up with two divorces. In fact, Daryl Strawberry sunk so low that at a point in time, he was sentenced to prison. He ended up bankrupt, broken, and left for dead. Daryl Strawberry ended up the opposite of blessed. But in the middle of his mess, Jesus Christ came and delivered him. God broke through the darkness and death and saved Daryl Strawberry. And when Daryl Strawberry submitted to God and began to serve him, his life changed. He started praying and reading the Bible. He submitted to God's word and began walking in God's ways. And today, Daryl Strawberry is quick to tell everybody that now he is living the blessed life. In fact, Daryl Strawberry tells millions of people that very message. He travels with his wife around the world preaching in churches and schools and prisons, explaining to them how true blessings come through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says he's a God of the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth chances. He's a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus found me in the pit and put me in the pulpit. Only Jesus can do that. If you believe it, say amen. When Daryl Strawberry stopped chasing blessings and started chasing God, everything changed. And if Daryl Strawberry were here with us, he would tell you the same thing he tells millions of other people. When you search for happiness in the wrong place, you don't end up happy. When you search for happiness in the wrong way, you don't end up successful. But if you'll give your life to Christ and turn your life around and begin to follow his ways, you will find that God guarantees a blessing. In your life. That's the message in our sermon today. We're going to discover the three simple steps that every single one of us can take today that will guarantee us a blessed life. The Bible tells us that God's going to bless you in everything you do, wherever you go. That is an unlimited, unmitigated, guaranteed blessing. And he says at the end, I guarantee it if you obey me. But listen carefully. God tells us there are some steps we must take 
to get the blessing. There's something you must do. Blessings from God don't just come because I pronounce them. Blessings from God don't just come because a prophet proclaimed them. They don't come when you jump up and shout, I receive, I receive. The guaranteed blessings from God are a result of some things you do. So let's discover those three steps, and here's your first step. Blessings are guaranteed when you serve God. Take your pen and fill in the blank with the word serve. And listen again as I read verse 1 and part of verse 8. If you fully obey the Lord your God, tell your neighbor you got to do it fully. He will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. And at first glance, this might seem a little bit odd or unusual. I don't know about you, but most of us, when we think about being blessed, we think of other people serving us. I mean, you might even imagine that one day, one day, you're going to be a millionaire and you'll have servants who will cook for you and bring food for you and carry things for you and drive you. And our vision of being blessed is having people do what we want. But here God turns it around and con- contradicts our natural thinking. He says, if you really want to be blessed and guaranteed to be blessed, don't seek to be served, seek to serve. For the fact is, when you think about it, that makes sense because you were not put on earth to be served. You were put here to serve God. You were created for his glory. That's why every one of us is here, and we will never be blessed until we find and fulfill our purpose. See, the Bible tells us in Colossians 1.16, everything, tell your neighbor everything, everything got started in Christ and finds its purpose in him. And your life cannot be separated from God. God is the source of your life. He's the beginning and the end of your life. And if you will never experience the blessed life till you align your purpose with the purpose of God. This is why a lot of unhappiness exists in the world. We're chasing blessings and chasing pleasure and chasing possessions, but we're not chasing our purpose. And Ephesians 1, 11, and 12 says it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. The good news is God has a plan for each and every one of you. You have his potential inside of you. You have his image. You're made. You have his life inside of you. And when you begin to connect with the God who created you, your purposes will be fulfilled in him and you're guaranteed a blessing. We've got it backwards. We think, let me chase the blessing. But God says, chase me and the blessings will come. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and And he will give you everything you need. When you put God first and connect to him first and seek him and serve him, everything else falls into place. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Being blessed doesn't come from seeking God's blessings. Being blessed comes from seeking God. I'm afraid there are many of us in the church today that have got this wrong. We're so consumed with seeking blessings, uh, we think that's what Christianity is all about. Our churches today have become full of people who don't care about God. We just care about what he gives to us. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. We've got our priorities wrong. We come seeking blessings instead of seeking him. But here's the truth you've got to understand. You cannot serve blessings and serve God. You can't chase blessings, and chase God. You've got to make a decision. Our scripture tells us we must fully obey the Lord. And Jesus repeats that in Luke 14, He says, so therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And I'm going to pick up on one particular truth today that exemplifies this, and it's the topic of money. 
For you see, money is one of the main competitions for devotion to God in our hearts. In fact, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 16, 13, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Everybody say that together with me. Ready, go. You cannot serve both God and money. In other words, you have a choice to make today. You can serve money, or you can serve God, but you can't do both. And if you don't master your money, then your money will master you. Now, let me make it clear. I'm not preaching against money. There's nothing wrong with money inherently. It's not bad in and of itself. We all need money. I want money. You want money. I pray you get money. God bless you. It reminds me of the pastor who was meeting his deacons in the meeting. And one day, all of a sudden, an angel appeared. Poof. And the angel said to the pastor, God sent me because he's seen you faithful and he wants to bless you. So I've come to grant you one of these three wishes. You can have incredible wealth or infinite wisdom or long life and health. Choose one and I will give it to you. The pastor said, I want infinite wisdom. The angel said, it's granted to you. Then he disappeared. Well, everybody was in shock. It was silent and nobody dared to speak until finally one of the deacons said, so pasta, now that you have infinite wisdom, say something wise. The pastor looked at them and said, I should have taken the money. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with money, all right? It's okay. We need money. You need money. Money can be good. It can be useful. But money is a great servant, but a terrible master. And the fact is you can't serve God and money because when money is your master, money dictates your morals. But when God is your master, God dictates your morals. When money is your master, you'll lie to get money. You'll steal and cheat to get money. You'll do whatever it takes to defraud others to get money. But when God is your master, you will walk in his ways and trust your finances into his care. That's why you cannot serve both God and money. You can have money and serve God. You can have a lot of money and serve God. You can make a lot of money and serve God. You can invest money and serve God. You can save money and serve God. You can enjoy money and serve God, but you cannot serve money and serve God. So we all need to ask ourselves today, who am I serving? And that requires an investigation into our hearts. So let me ask you some questions that will help you decide whom you're serving. If there was no reward for giving, if there was no promise of blessing for paying your tithe, would you still give and tithe? Because lacking a motivation, a personal blessing, if that causes you to not give, you're serving money, not God. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Here's another question. Have you ever compromised your faith to get money. Have you ever stolen or lied or cheated? Have you ever padded your expense account to get money? Have you ever told the petrol seller, make the receipt for 500 when it was 350? If you've done that, you're serving money, not God. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Consider this. Have you ever abandoned your family for money? You left your wife and children to suffer in Mancasim while you went and spent three years in London chasing money. You're serving money, not God. 
Because there are some priorities that God says if you walk in this way, that's where you will be blessed. And when you divert from that, it shows your heart. When money dictates your decisions rather than God, you're serving money, not God. The fact is, what we're serving is shown by what we're spending. If you're serving God, you'll spend time in prayer. If you're serving God, you'll spend time in church. If you're serving God, you'll spend your money in offerings. You have to get your heart right. Stop chasing blessings and start chasing God. For all the blessings you want are in him. That's why Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live and move and exist. And I'm afraid today that many of us in the church have missed this message. We're not actually serving God. We want God to serve us. We're not following Jesus. We want Jesus to follow us and what matters to God most is not your outward conduct. He doesn't care how you pray or whether you read your Bible or the good works you do. In heaven, it's your motive that matters. Let me tell you a story about a man that illustrates this for us. Once there was a man who wanted money above all else. He was greedy and hungry for money. He sat down at the beginning of his life and said, I want to get money. Let me think how I can do it. I know, he said, I'll start a business and I'll cheat the customers every day and I'll get a lot of money. So he opened a business selling things and he cheated people right and left, thinking that he would get money. But along the road, his business collapsed because customers began to see he was just out for their money. And so he ended up with nothing. Then he said, well, what else can I do to get money? He said, I know what I'll do. I'll go to school and get a degree. Then I can get a big man's job. This man hated to study. He wasn't good at education, but he decided to go to school and use ways and means to cheat his way through University of Ghana and get a degree, all because of money. When he got out of UG, he went and got a job. He paid a bribe to the HR manager to get the position. He wasn't very good at it. He couldn't do his job, but he was there because of money. And he began to steal from his employer all because of money. He got caught and was sacked all because of money. And there he sat. What can he do now? I've tried business. I've tried school. I've tried a job. And still, this thing has come to nothing. As he sat in his house wondering what to do, he turned on the TV and he saw a big prophet driving a big car with a big church and a lot of gold. And he said, I know, that's what I'll do. I'll become a prophet all because of... Thank you very much. His motive never changed. And so the man started a church and began to prophesy over everybody. Give me 10,000, you get a visa. This man had anointing for everything. Anointing for visa, anointing for marriage, anointing for contract, anointing to go to the toilet. You know what I'm talking about. And everything came with a offering. And then the man discovered that the more people he had, the more money he got. So he started using juju and magic to lure people into his church. His motives never changed. The only thing that changed were his methods. People called him a man of God, but he was a man of greed. He started chasing money. He ended chasing money. His motive was money. And hear me well, Christianity is not a change of methods, it's a change of motive. Christianity doesn't happen because you left the shrine and came to church. It happens when you give your heart to Christ. Christianity doesn't mean you stop praying to Obosom and start praying to Jesus. It means you have a change of heart. You stop seeking blessings and start seeking God. For the blessed life only comes when you connect with the blessed God. 
That's why Deuteronomy 10, 12 says, this is what the Lord your God wants you to do. Respect the Lord your God and do what he's told you to do. Love him. Serve the Lord your God with your whole being. Please turn your notes over to page two and understand that God commands us to give up everything to serve him with all that we have. When you give honor to God and serve him with your whole being, when you obey him and serve him with your whole being, there is no room for any other master or any other Lord. When you serve the Lord with your whole being, it is then and then alone that you are are guaranteed a blessing. And this leads us to our second truth. Blessings are guaranteed when you submit to God's word. Take your pen and fill in the blank with the word submit. And listen again to our scripture text. In Deuteronomy 28, it says, if you carefully keep all his commands, he will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. In other words, there can be no guaranteed blessing without the right action. Psalm 119, 1-3 confirms this. Listen carefully. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. The blessed life doesn't happen by chance. The blessed life happens by choice. You've got a choice to make today. Am I going to follow God's ways and walk in his ways, or am I going to follow my own desire is my own thinking and the world's ways and end up empty-handed. You would think it was a clear choice. You would think everybody would follow God's ways because he guarantees a blessing. But the challenge we face is that oftentimes to follow God's ways, we have to temporarily give up some pleasure. We have to temporarily limit our happiness so that we can gain happiness later. In other words, to live the blessed life, you have to choose between happy now and happy later. You must have discovered that when you were in university. All your friends were out at a party, but you had an exam the next day. And you could choose to be happy now and go to the party, or you could choose to say no to the party, stay and study, and end up happy later when you got a good grade. That's why Psalm 126, 5 and 6 says, those who were sad when they planted will be happy when they gather the harvest. Those who cried as they carried the seeds will be happy when they bring in the crops. In other words, before you get the blessing of reaping, you have to have the discipline of sowing. This can be seen by what happened recently with an STC bus that was on its way from Accra to Kumasi. The STC bus was on the road to Kamasi. Everybody was going to Kamasi when the driver stopped at Linda Door, as is the custom. He wanted to give the people in the bus a break. They had to eat. They had to use the washroom. And everybody was happy to get off and enjoy the temporary pleasures of Linda Door. We'll be departing in 15 minutes, the driver shouted. Be sure you're back on the bus. Well, the passengers quickly disembarked and went their way. Some went to buy food. Some went to buy snacks. Some went to the washroom. They were all happy for the break. But when the time was up, they all got back on the bus because they were all headed to Kumasi. All of them got back on the bus except for one man, a man named Kwame. Kwame was headed to Kumasi. He had a ticket to Kumasi. He had important business in Kumasi. But when Kwame got to Linda Door, he was caught up in the experience of the temporary rest stop. There was a gift shop selling souvenirs. There was a restaurant that had the aroma of food that made his belly rumble. There were some beautiful ladies who smiled at him. There were men and women from all over Ghana. And Kwame got caught up by what he saw at Linda Door. 
So when Kwame didn't come back to the bus, the driver went to look for him. Hey, brah, it's time to go. Let's go. Kwame didn't hear him. Hey, brah, the driver said, it's time to go. Get back on the bus. Kwame turned around and looked surprised. He said, what? I'm enjoying myself, and there's so much more to do. I'm just getting started. I think I'll stay here for a while. But we are going to Kumasi, the driver said. But I'm enjoying Linda Dore, Kwame said. But this is not your destination, the driver said. But this is my delight, Kwame said. Are you mad? The driver said, the purpose of the journey is to get to Kamasi, but the pleasure of the journey is at Lindador, Kwame said. So finally, the driver couldn't persuade him. He gave him his ticket, got back up, and the bus went away. Kwame had a ticket to Kamasi. He had business in Kamasi. He was headed to Kamasi, but he didn't go to Kamasi. He got stuck at Lindador because his pursuit of pleasure caused him to pass up on his purpose. And today, millions of Christians are making the same mistake. We've gotten stuck at Linda Dore. We're chasing earthly blessings when we've been called to so much more. We're chasing temporary pleasure, but we're missing eternal purpose. Don't misunderstand me. We all need a break at Linda Dore. It's good to be blessed. It's good to receive the things of this life. And God wants to give us those things. He wants to bless you with rest and peace and joy and prosperity and health and family and happiness. He wants to give you a break at Linda Dore. But Linda Dore is not your destination. We're headed to heaven. Those things are not our goal. And we can enjoy them, but they're not eternal. And if you focus too much on the temporary pleasures of Linda Dore, you'll miss your purpose in life. Are you stuck at Linda Dore? Are you so busy chasing the temporary pleasures that you've forsaken guaranteed blessings from serving God? Are you so caught up in your career and facing your folly and pursuing pleasure that you've forgotten why you're on this earth? Don't allow a secondary rest stop to become a primary resting place. We're headed to eternity. Don't allow enjoyment to distract you. We've got a purpose. Don't get stuck halfway to heaven searching for happiness. This is the daily choice facing all of us. We all want to be happy, but the outcome of happiness comes when we make daily choices. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. When you choose what you want most over what you want now, then you will be blessed. And what I want most is to make heaven. What I want most is to be a blessing on this earth. What I want most is to accomplish my purpose. What I want most is to build my family. Some of you men need to choose what is most important over what you want right now. You might want to go out to the drinking spot. You might want to go meet with your friends, but your son and daughter is at home, needs your advice, your prayer, and your input. And today you've got to choose what you want most, a family that will survive the storms of life. This is what the Bible tells us in Psalm 119. Give me understanding. Help me to see that what I want most isn't in this earth. Give me understanding, and then I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice. Everybody say practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. My happiness is found, my blessed life is found, when I walk on the path of your ways. Give me an eagerness, an eagerness, a hunger for your law. Let me desire it rather than a love for money, for guaranteed blessings are found when we practice what's in God's word. If you put God's instruction into practice, you'll find joy, for there is a power released in God's people 
when they obey him. There's a power that will come into your life when you take that step and submit to God's word. There's an anointing and a potential inside of you that no man can match. You will exceed your expectations. You will exceed your family's expectations. You will go far because God's planted the divine seed in you and you've got potential to change the world. Inside this auditorium are the future world changers, scientists, inventors, professors, lawyers, politicians, leaders, great men and women of God who can change the world and change eternity. But the fact is you've got to align with God to let the potential be released because your potential doesn't determine your blessings. What you practice determines your blessings. And when you practice God's word, you will live the blessed life. That's the lesson we can learn from the tragic but true story of Sean Pleasance. If anybody had potential, it was Sean. What a young guy. He was smart, handsome, talented. He got into Yale University, one of the top schools in the world, and he graduated. Here he is with his mom, graduating from Yale University. He went out, started his own company with some friends, and made a ton of money in the first 10 years. Hey, Sean Pleasance was getting rich. His company was growing, growing. He had everything he thought would make him blessed. But what Sean didn't have was a fear of God. He didn't walk in God's ways. For you see, Sean Pleasant's company produced pornographic movies. And he made a lot of money off it, but he didn't find the blessed life. Though he had vast potential, he didn't practice the things that bring blessings. And as quickly as the success came, it left. He started fighting with his business partners, and first he lost his company. Then he lost his house. Then he lost his car. Then he lost his money. This is Sean Pleasance today. He's homeless and destitute, living on the streets of Los Angeles, and almost everything he had from his former life is gone. For the truth is, though he had potential, he didn't practice God's word. And successful habits create success. Blessed habits create blessings. That's why today you need to make a decision to start walking in God's ways. And that brings us to our third truth. Blessings are guaranteed when you start today. Take your pen and fill in the blank with the word start. And understand that in our scripture text, there's a little hidden phrase. You might have missed it, but it says this. God says, completely obey all that I am giving you today. See, God's design for us has a timeline. God's design has a season. And for you and I, it is today. And the fascinating truth about all the blessings I proclaimed on you from Deuteronomy 28, they're all things that take time to develop. Think about that. You've got to start today because all the blessings God wants to give you come over time. For example, he said, your towns and your fields will be blessed. But towns don't spring up in a day and fields aren't developed in a day. They take time to develop. And it said, your children and your crops will be blessed. Children don't come instantly. Children come tomorrow because of something you did today. Your crops come tomorrow because something you sowed today. He said, the offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Offspring are something that come tomorrow. When you have a herd and you have a flock, they produce an offspring after time. Your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be blessed. Every blessing God gives us is something that comes tomorrow based on what we do today. There are blessings coming upon you now because of choices you made yesterday. And there are blessings God has for you in this year if you will start today. 
But here's what you need to understand. The things that bring the biggest blessings take a lifetime to develop. The greatest blessings are not the instant ones where we get a breakthrough here or a breakthrough there. The greatest blessings are the blessings that come with time, family, children, a career, a good reputation, a big ministry. The things that bring the biggest blessing take a lifetime to develop. And if you don't start today, your blessings will delay. If you want to get to a successful end, start today. That's why Psalm 112, 188 says this, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, touch your neighbor, say, in the end. Tell your other neighbor, in the end. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. To get to the end, you have to have a beginning. To get to the blessed life and the blessed end, you have to start today. Start today making the choices to submit to God's word. Start today to make the choices to serve him. For you don't need the faith to finish. You just need the faith to start today. I want to pray over you. Would you stand to your feet all across the auditorium in the balcony and receive God's blessing today. Father, we lift up each and every one in this house. I ask your blessing upon them, oh God. Soften our hearts today. Let the seed of your word go down deep inside of us. Let it be planted, oh God. Water it with your spirit. Let it take root. Let it grow up and bear fruit. Oh God, soften our hearts and give us understanding that we will see the path to blessings comes when we serve you and submit to your word. I ask you today to move in us that the something we can do, the step we can take can begin in us today. Let it start, oh God. Change our motives. Change our hearts. Change our destiny. Let it begin today, oh God. We surrender to you right now in Jesus' name. Would you just lift your hands with me and open your mouth and pray. Commit your life to God. Talk to him right now. Say, Lord, I give my life to you. Come and move in my life. Make me blessable, oh God. Make me blessable, oh God. I want to seek you, not the blessings. I don't want to get stuck at Linda door. Come and move in my heart, oh God. Come and fill me with your spirit and your power. I surrender to you right now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and I bless your people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.